Welcome to the show. Plenty to talk about, including some pitchers who are widely available. You might want to pick them up right now. Are you hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Hey, remember that Heath Cummings guy? He's back. Oh, did you want me to say something yeah, after that? That was your intro. I I didn't know that was an intro. I thought you were going to like maybe praise me a little bit, talk about how good it is to have me back, how much you missed me, how bad the podcast. No, the podcast was great without me. I listened to it. You guys did a phenomenal job. You I listen to did it? wonder. I got a you lot of tweets. Listen, about, you did not listen to it. I got a lot of tweets about raisins. <laughs> oh yeah, well, and I don't. I, I didn't know what that was about. Okay, I'll update you real quick on the raisins because we have a lot of tweets about raisins coming up at the end of the show in a newer, okay. an even newer segment called Raisin the Roof. Uh, everybody loves raisins. I said that raisins go with everything. Some people yesterday said no, raisins don't go with Mexican food. I've got the proof that you are wrong. Whoever said that, that's coming up at the end of the show. Um, but we have more important things to talk about, like Jacob Faria and Buck Farmer. And I want to focus a little bit on deep leagues today. Always good to do that. Talk about guys who are owned in less than 20% of leagues. Some of them owned in less than 10% of leagues. And you guys tell me deep leagues or shallow leagues. Uh, hi, Scott. How are you? I'm good. All right, you're telling us deep leagues or shallow leagues. What does that mean? Should they be owned in only deep leagues or are they okay in shallow leagues? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. All right. We also have a new segment called This Just In, which is not what you think. I'm excited for This Just In. But uh, tell me this. Buy or sell. Fantasy owners should drop a 38-year-old pitcher with an ERA over 5 for a 23-year-old pitcher with an ERA under 2. Um. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I d- how many innings has the 23-year-old pitcher thrown? Six and a third. <laughs> uh, then it's then it's questionable. I'm assuming the 38 year old is John Lackey. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not necess- I don't think Lackey is undroppable. He's kind of like the raisins of fantasy baseball. Like, no. I kind of. I, I'd like to think that I've got better options, but if. I guess if I'm like starving, I could have some. Oh, okay. You're obviously not a raisins guy, which is just another reason. Why I don't have a problem with raisins. I just don't know why somebody would choose to eat them with all the delicious choices we have available to us today. Because we already determined they're nature's candy. But uh, the t- the more important guy here is the 23 year old, and that's Jacob Faria, who made his major league debut for the Rays. Gave up a run in the first inning on an infield single, a stolen base, and then a, an RBI single. And he had 16 swinging strikes. He had five strikeouts, one run on three hits, two walks against the White Sox. And I watched the start. He looked really good. And he actually, Scott, he threw harder than I thought. You know, based on the video I saw of him pitching in the minor leagues, I thought he was kind of like a 90-mile-per-hour guy. But he isn't. Faria's got more velocity than that. And uh, it'll average around 91, 92, I guess. Probably what'll average. He, I, I saw him peak at ninety three a few times, right? I saw. I think I saw at least two ninety fours, but you'd never know. I mean, he was at uh, ninety two point six yesterday, according to what I'm looking at. All right, so he's not a soft tosser. He's not a flamethrower, but he's not like a finesse guy. Right, just almost exactly average. Okay, good. So Faria and Buck Farmer. Let's just let's just talk about both these guys. Um, they're both ten, eleven percent owned. Are you? I picked up Faria in two leagues, and that is with the expectation that he might get sent down. But mm-hmm. I don't think he'll be down for long. Uh, no, 
Because they're around and, 500. They're solid. They they need yeah. him. He's good. Let's do it. Matt Andrees is coming back, but, I mean, it's not like Erasmo Ramirez needs to be in the rotation. Right. There's room for him if the Rays want to make room for him. And it was the more impressive performance between the two. Uh, 16 swinging strikes in the game. Buck Farmer obviously had a great outing. And, and you know, after that 11-strikeout effort against the White Sox a couple weeks ago, um, it was the kind of encore performance he needed to stick around and to really get us excited in fantasy. But, you know, he was facing the Mike Troutless Angels, and even though he didn't give up an earned run in the contest, and it was good in that sense, he wasn't as dominant as he was in that start against the White Sox. And not that five strikeouts in six and a third innings are bad, but the clearer uh, difference between the two for me was the number of swinging strikes he got. Buck Farmer only got uh, six. seven swinging strikes All right, after getting 18 in that game against the White Sox. His velocity, you know, his velocity was was even was was pretty average too. It was it was lower than it was in that White Sox start, and it was lower than Faria's. Um, he also threw only, I think, 57 of his 100 pitches for strikes. And considering he has a pretty middling minor league track record, considering right. the, the the opponent in this particular start, look, he's probably worth a flyer if you don't mind losing the guy you're dropping. But, you know, if that guy is, is John Lackey or... You know, I, I know there's some leagues of mine where just the bottom player is somebody I would have a really hard time dropping, and I don't think I'm ready to swap that guy out for Farmer just yet. There's there's still cause for skepticism here. I think the biggest thing with Farmer was that elite 11 strikeout performance. We didn't have any real evidence before that to say that he was had any chance of being a, a good strikeout pitcher. And he he's not been a good strikeout pitcher in the minors since 2014 in Able. Mm-hmm. So, like, this was a good performance, probably a little bit fortunate against a bad lineup. He could be, I mean, he might be a top 60 starting pitcher, but that's like what you're hoping for. Alright, that's Buck Farmer, but what about Jacob Faria? Would you drop John Lackey for Faria? Well, I was saying on Twitter last night that I would probably be more likely to pick up Farmer than Faria just because it's clear he has a job. But I, I've had a little more time to think about it and just, you know, what for, for Faria, Faria, this start for Faria was more impressive than Farmers and, and the minor league numbers, at least this year at AAA, were more impressive for Faria. He had a great strikeout rate down there. And I, I think there's, the, the Rays sound enthusiastic enough and there's enough opportunity there that like you were saying, if if he gets sent down, I don't think it'll be for long. So I'm leaning toward picking up Faria instead of Farmer now. When he got called up, I think you might have made the comment that he could be like Denelson Lamette. And we saw what happened with Denelson Lamette's third start. Yeah. I just dropping and I don't I'm not a John Lackey, Lackey fan. I've I've yeah. probably been but dropping somebody that you know somebody else is likely to pick up for a guy that is just as likely to blow up two starts from now as he is to be as good as John Lackey. Mm-hmm. Well, as good as John Lackey 
theoretically is. But, you know, I wasn't trying to suggest I'd drop Lackey for Faria either. I was just comp- yeah. contrasting Faria and Farmer. I, I would guess most people listening don't have to drop somebody as high-end as Lackey. Well, I don't yeah. think, but I think a lot of people are stopping, are not viewing Lackey as high-end anymore. Well, let's, let's just, let's throw another name out there. Um, why don't I tell you the two guys I dropped for? Kennedy. I'll tell you the two guys I dropped for Faria last night. Okay. I dropped Liriano and I dropped Skogland. I'm good with both of those yeah. for sure. Right, who are you going to say, Scott? Ian Kennedy, I think I heard. Yeah, Ian Kennedy is somebody I dropped for either. Adam Wainwright, who when we checked in yesterday was 94% owned. I'd be happy to drop him for either of these two. Um, you know, cause he's been bad dating back to last year, not just this year like Lackey and without the good peripherals Lackey has. Um, Like, I don't think I'd be ready to drop Waka yet, though he is starting to get scary. No. So that's, you can't we're, do that. we're right around the like, Would like you, Chase Anderson, I'd, I'd keep Chase Anderson over both of these two. I'd keep Jimmy Nelson over both of these two. Would you drop Denelson Lamette? I would probably not drop Denelson Lamette. I want to see one more start from Denelson Lamette, because the first two were so good. You know, I understand the third one was so bad that his ERA looks terrible now, but, you know, at, it was an isolated bad start. All right. So no, not him. Eikhoff, he can go. Forget Eikhoff. Um, Sabathia? Yeah, I'd rather have these two than Sabathia, though. I mean, Sabathia's value is – it should be on the rise. Heath, what do you think about Sabathia right now? Sabathia, with eight uh, scoreless innings and five strikeouts against the Red Sox, he is 5-0 and with a 111 ERA in his last five starts and is 69% owned. Uh, Sabathia is another raisin. <laughs> I don't I, really. He, he was he was great at one. He was great slash grape at one point, and uh, now he's just old. No, I <laughs> what he's doing is some. It's impressive, but I don't expect it to last. No, so me yeah, I, I would I would drop him. I don't own him anywhere. I haven't been moved to pick him up anywhere. Sabathia is uh, he did this last year in May and June. He had a seven start stretch that was excellent. And then he was terrible for the next two months. So he's going to be hot and cold. And and he's not getting a lot of swinging strikes even in this 111 ERA stretch. Uh, he pitched great last night, though. I just thought, you know, it was, it was refreshing that there are pitchers that we can talk about today that people might want to pick up. And so, yeah, let, yeah. definitely. I mean, if they're both 10% owned like you have here in the notes, that needs to change pretty drastically. Mm-hmm. I'd rather own both than Bauer. I'd rather own both than Tyler Anderson, Kevin Gosman, Joe Ross. What about Alex Meyer? Because he was pretty good again last night, too. Sure. I think yeah, I, I think I'd rather own Meyer than Farmer or Faria. Oh, but the walks, he's so many walks. Yeah. But like every piece of evidence we have says Faria is going to have problems with the walks too. Like he only walked two last night and that's great, but he's had walk problems throughout the minors. Okay, I'm glad you all brought that up cuz I always look now I look at minor league numbers and I a lot of guys have walk issues in the minors. I don't know what is an alarming walk rate in the minors. How many guys in the minors have like great control? Uh, you know, like, like Blake Snell took it to another level. He's not Blake Snell problems with walks. Cause yeah. I was just looking at Chance Adams, and Chance Adams is walking guys too, but I don't know what the number is when you evaluate minor league numbers, how many walks is too many walks. Cause I, I it, thought like Faria walked guys, but it didn't seem like a number that was so high that I thought, oh, he's gonna I, be a, a it, big it, problem. It, it does seem like walk rates tend to improve in the majors. I, I feel like Normally you'd say anything above three per nine and, and is bad, but 
I feel like it's more like anything above 3.5 or maybe even above 4 in the minors is bad. I that yeah, like I notice it if it's above 3. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. And it's not going to make me like just ignore a guy. Mm-hmm. But like Alex Myers walk problems, they're proven at the major league level and they're extreme. They're like they're like Snell level. So <laughs> I I don't know. He he'd be third on this list for me. I could understand picking him up over Farmer because the dominance numbers seem to be better. He got 13 swings and misses on his curveball alone in this most recent start against the Tigers, straight up against Farmer. And um, you know the last couple starts, which have been both been good, um, walk problems, but they've been good. He's focused on throwing his curveball more, so he's. I, I, he's like, like I, I think there's enough failure attached to him right now that you can probably afford to wait on him in a way. Maybe you can't these two others. It, it may be just a perception thing that's driving how I prioritize them off the waiver wire. All right, but so, I, I do think there's some reason for enthusiasm with Meyer. So let's let's get going here. Just, we gave you three pitchers who are owned in about ten or eleven percent of leagues. Jacob Faria, Buck Farmer, and Alex Meyer. If you're in deeper leagues, certainly you want to be looking at them. If you're in shallower leagues, it's not a bad idea, depending on who your worst player is. Um, real quick here, Heath, what about Luis Perdomo? He, you know, at one point we liked him. He's Other than two terrible starts against Arizona, he hasn't been that bad. But Perdomo is 17% owned. Would you leave Perdomo for deeper leagues, or is there a case to be made in shallower leagues? Uh, yeah, I would leave him for deeper leagues right now. And I, he's a guy that I might get excited about it again another week or two if he's got two starts or if he's got, he's probably has two starts next week, doesn't he? Uh, I would imagine. Let, let's check it out. Because that, like, I'm not going to get excited at Perdomo to the point to where I think I'm going to pick him up and own him for the rest of the year. But I don't, like you said, he, he's mostly had good starts. Yeah, he's uh, got Cincinnati at home and Milwaukee on the road. Ah, uh, Miller Park. <laughs> and the Reds. Scooter Jeanette. Like, I would, I think I'd probably rather start Perdomo next week than Buck Farmer. Hmm. How about some hitters that are owned in less than 20% of leagues? I'm gonna tell you a name, you tell me, should we leave him, keep him in the deeper leagues, or start thinking about picking him up in, in shallower formats? Mike Zanino, since coming back, since being recalled, Zanino's batting 326 with four home runs, and a wonderful three walks to 22 strikeouts in 13 games. But, you know, they say he retooled his swing, and he homered again yesterday. So, Zanino, oh, two homers, two homers. Uh, Zanino, 19%. Deeper leagues or think about him in shallower leagues? Zanino. Just two catcher. Zanino. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I look, in a roto league where you don't get penalized for strikeouts, I definitely would want him as a number two catcher. But, sure, he's he's probably gonna hit 190 still. I mean, he's gonna hurt your batting average. Yeah. yeah, but but he's a catcher, so he won't have as many at bats, so it won't hurt he, quite as yeah, much. Yeah, that's fair. But he It'll would hurt. be pretty low on my list of second catchers still. I was gonna drop Francisco Cervelli for him, and Cervelli. Well, I was gonna DL Cervelli for him, but uh, Zanino apparently is already owned by an owner who is not making any roster moves. So that's oh, that jerk. <laughs> um, ben Gamble, 14% owned, 10-game hitting streak. He's batting 319 with two home runs in 37 games. Does struggle against lefties. But Ben Gamble, 14% owned. Shallow, uh, deep leagues only, or are you thinking about Gamble? Deep only. Deep only. Wilmer Flores, 10% owned. 
And great against lefties as always, but actually hitting pretty well against righties, batting 302, only a 448 slugging. Uh, Wilmer Flores is batting 317 with five home runs, 10% owned. You tell me. Deep, deep, deep. You know, the threshold for a hitter to get our attention these days is so much higher than for a pitcher. Yeah. It's, it's not even funny. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> Flores probably needs to be owned in slightly more than 10% of leagues, but not a whole lot more. Okay, uh, Kansas City promoted Ramon Torres, who played second base last night, and he is shortstop eligible. Ramon Torres. Yeah, I'm not getting excited about him. I, I like this look that Scott made <laughs> about Ramon Torres, and it was the same look when I saw his name in the lineup last night. Yeah, I, no. Okay, no, I remember. You know Torres. what that look meant? I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, Royals Homer Heath has no idea who this guy is. He hit really well at, at, at I think, AAA. Yeah. Uh, yeah, PCL, he did, uh, I mean, really well, 794 OPS. Oh, but okay, I thought it was better. High batting average, like, right? didn't hit a lick there last year. Okay, all right, no Ramon Torres. You can't spell Ramon without no, except... It's really on, so he won't be on your roster. You can't spell Okay. Uh, JT Riddle, 5% owned. Riddle me this. <laughs> Why would anybody want JT Riddle? <laughs> All right, wonderful. And then these two outfielders, Eric Young, 6% owned, batting 286 with three steals and uh, four walks and seven runs in nine games. Eric Young, 6% owned. Delano to Shields, 15% owned. I'd rather have DeShields than Young. You just won't give up your 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 little young fetish here. But <laughs> DeShields, what? <laughs> that was a strange combination of words, wasn't yeah, it? A little bit. That was great, though. Loved it. Um, DeShields, like he had a Shields fetish too. I did. Yeah. Yeah, and but I think that's a little more appropriate. Well, but you know what my favorite TV show of all time is. It's The Shield. So, Delano The Shields, of course, is the Vic Mackey of fantasy. Now, Delano The Shields really hasn't done anything, but he led off yesterday. If Adrian Beltre's hurt, I think it would probably help his playing time. Uh, I don't know. I actually don't know about that, but um wouldn't hurt. And, yeah, I don't know. Do you see any reason to, for The Shields or Young to be more like 25% owned? The Shield should be more like 25% owned, yes, because in any type of deep Roto League, he should be owned. All right. He is 16, 15% owned. Okay, a lot to get to today. Let's get to a couple of closer items real quick. Clint Hurdle is sticking with Tony Watson, who has blown four of his last five save chances. But, of course, we do recommend picking up Felipe Rivero. Oh, yeah, that's happening now. I was surprised it didn't happen yesterday, like going into yesterday's game, but... (laughs) Yeah, it's there, there's no excuse to send Watson out for the next save. But he said he's going to. After yesterday's game? I know he said that before yesterday's oh, game. Oh, did I misinterpret that? I, I After what I read is that he said, yeah, they're going to re-examine it. Okay. Um, maybe I am wrong. But either way, even if he doesn't say it today. It gets like, confusing when a guy blows the save on back-to-back days. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, and Pat Neshek is the Phillies closer. So there you go. Hooray. Email of the day, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. John wants to know, which top 50 pitchers will have innings limits this year? He suggests McCullers, DeGrom, Paxton, Price. Anybody that you could see having an innings limit this year? 
Well, the only one of those that I thought was a possibility um, was McCullers because between the majors and minors last year, he didn't even quite reach 90 innings, and obviously he's a big part of the Astros' future. Uh, I can't imagine they would do like the Nationals did with Strasburg a few years ago and just left him out of the playoffs, but um, they're going to have to figure something out with him. But there are others who um, the emailer forget his name, sorry, um, who he didn't mention. And um, like Louis, Louis Severino, I think, is one that seems likely. Dylan, um, Dylan Bundy is another. Um, well, are you going to trade these guys? Or are you just gonna am I going to trade them? We've yeah. been trying to trade Dylan Bundy for like a month now. <laughs> I'm the only one who has. Right. We have, and uh, man, I like I, I would I wonder, like Severino wasn't terrible last year. Like it, it seems like he could probably get 190. But if the Yankees are headed to the playoffs, then they wouldn't want to use all those up during the regular season. I wonder about Manaya. Yeah, no, I just I just spotted his name in my rankings here too. Yeah, that's a good. I, again, think, it's not like it's not like a McCullough situation. Yeah. McCullough's the one like giant red flags. Holy cow! What are they going to do with this guy? He threw ninety innings last year, and they plan to pitch till no. They they plan to be in the hunt till November. So uh, that's clearly an issue. Manaya had a hundred forty-five in the majors last year, rounding up. About one hundred and sixty-five overall. Yeah, so he's oh, he's, he's probably good for. But McCullough's he, he's already there. spent time on the DL. Like I. I think there's some debate too whether they're worried about how many McCullers pitched last year or how, what his career max is. But his career max isn't very high either. Yeah, I mean one fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. So eight less than Manaya through last year. I, you know what I kind of been saying about Jacob Degrom that I, I wouldn't mind swapping him for a, a pitcher of equal caliber that I felt was a little safer. Okay. And, uh, do you feel that way about who's like, of equal who's of equal caliber? Well, you know, like you Darvish, something like that. Okay, yeah, if somebody's willing to go for that today, <laughs> probably not. I guess I shouldn't have picked. A, I couldn't have picked a guy. Uh, I should have been, not have picked a guy coming off Tommy John surgery. But um, anyway, no, but I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. What, what was your point? Would you do you feel the same way about Lance McCullers? Not just because of an innings limit, because his extensive injury history, his. His delivery is one that concerns people. He throws across his body. Uh, do you feel that way about McCullers? That maybe you just trade to get equal value and, and somebody less risky? I mean, it depends what you mean by equal value. I think I have him 16th, 17th in my starting pitcher rankings. So, you know, obviously I trade him for anyone I have ranked higher than that. And that includes several pitchers who have uh, not performed nearly as well as McCullers this year, like Johnny Cueto, Justin Verlander, DeGrom, Jake Arrieta. But um, in terms of do I feel like I, I need to just try and get face value for McCullers it, because I fear something's going to change for the worse? Like, I'm not there yet. It still feels a little early for that. Maybe as we enter July, I'd start thinking about that. But he's such a valuable part of my team. And uh, it's so hard to trade for pitching. Like, would I trade him straight up for a Carlos Martinez or a David Price or right? Exactly. That's well, yes. Not or Robbie Ray. No, but yes on the first two. Yes on the first two. 
Price, I mean, yeah, like, I you trade him doing for, it on the first two. You trade him for Price, but that's not exactly the theory, because Price is obviously pretty risky himself. But, sure. I, right, it's not the theory, but you don't have to worry about the Red Sox just pulling the rug out from under Price. No. Well, and, and like, there's a decent chance that McCullers gets shut down after the, like, pretty late in the season. Yeah. They may only need to limit one or two starts. That's why I wouldn't want to do it too early, unless... I'm I'm just probably not even doing it. I'm okay. probably just rolling with him. All right, roll with McCullers, or you know, get David Price for McCullers. Manny Machado was a pretty bad cut on his hand after he got spiked by uh, Andrew McCutcheon. X-rays were negative, but Machado may need an MRI. Great, I just traded for him. Miguel Cabrera was hit in the face by Nick Castellanos's helmet. Castellanos got really angry about being taken out of the game. He threw his helmet. It ricocheted. It bounced and hit. Cabrera right in the face, but he's First thing Castellanos did all year. <laughs> uh, Justin Verlander could start this weekend. Dallas Keuchel was scratched with an illness. Great. So much for 18-0. Uh, that's working out pretty well for you, actually, because I've got Machado and Nelson Cruz, who are probably going to both miss the rest of the week. So <laughs> Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury still has headaches. Aaron Hicks, 79% owned. He batted second yesterday. They moved Gary Sanchez down to sixth. A role this Chapman could be back next week. Here's something that only a Yankees fan would want to tell you. Chris Carter nearly hit two home runs yesterday. He had one taken away from him at the wall, and he's been kind of lacing the ball lately. And, uh, you know, he's been terrible, but we know Chris Carter can <laughs> heat up. So just saying. Adrian Beltre sat with an ankle injury. Still don't know if he's going to go on the DL. Camber Drosian had a minor setback. He had some groin soreness and won't pitch for a few days. The Marlins' top prospect, Braxton Garrett, may need Tommy John surgery to deplete one of the worst farm systems in baseball. Scott Shebler returned. He homered. Ian Happ returned to the lineup. He homered. Kyle Seeger is homered in two straight games. We like that. We hope he's getting hot. Adonis Garcia is back on the DL for the Braves. Salvador Perez is day-to-day. Justin Turner will be back tomorrow. Edwin Encarnacion's got a sore hip. He's going to DH when they get back to the AL Park, which will be today or tomorrow. Um, Mike Clevenger was sent to AAA, but he will be back. Francisco Cervelli on the concussion DL. Ivan Nova could avoid the DL. Oh, Sean Newcomb is going to pitch this weekend for the Bravos. Are we picking up Sean Newcomb for the Braves? He's actually even a higher priority than Faria and, and Farmer, I think. Now, he does have, at least this year in the minors, he did have like a walk rate of over five. And he's struggled with walks throughout his minor league career, but... He's considered the best prospect of the three of them, and um, I think it's worth you'd, you'd rather him. You'd rather be the one who has him on your roster if he, you know, really impressive right out of the gate. Team Kreese went and grabbed him in the uh, for the people league. All right, Sean Newcomb was that a that was a Heath move or a, or a Chris move? It was a Heath move. Okay, Kreese. Jorge Polanco is on the bereavement list for the Twins. They called up Ken, oh, Kenny's or Kenny? Kenny. Kenny Vargas. Kenny Vargas. Yeah. Brad Miller back on the DL with a groin strain, and Brian Johnson will replace Eduardo Rodriguez in the Red Sox rotation. Uh, Wednesday's standouts, guys. What stood out to you other than the uh, pitchers that we've already talked about? What stood out to you? Well... I will tell you who stood out to me, and who stood out to me was most certainly. Uh, are you? How are you feeling, Adam, about dropping Scott Shebler now? Oh, for the, for Domingo Santana, who's been even better lately. 
I'm feeling just fine about it, sir. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but, wow. Um, wow. I was I was encouraged that Scott Shebler, after what looked like a really bad shoulder injury, he was back just a couple days later and went three for three with a homer. Uh, I still think he's pretty close to must start, except when there's a bunch of lefties. Unfortunately, they are facing a bunch of lefties to close out this week. But um, and he's he's among the league leaders in home runs and deserves to be universally owned. So, you know, whoever is in that league where he picked up Santana, I'm sure somebody could use Shebler. Yeah. No, I look, he's Shebler should be owned, especially in a 14-team league. But when you're 18 and 0, Scott. Like, you're obviously amazing. You've got to make some tough decisions. We had to let Scott Shebler go. <laughs> I don't know what to say. People need to trade more. I'm so tired of proposing trades and them getting no counteroffer. Or even worse, they just sit there. No response whatsoever. They sit there for days. Uh, for, and it's, for, clear, it's clear I'm just wasting my time. For what it's worth, yeah, that is very frustrating, actually. But trading outfielders is extremely difficult. For what it's worth... Domingo Santana is better this year in fantasy than Scott Shebler, and they have the same amount of at-bats, not the same amount of plate appearances, but not too far apart. I know Shebler just missed a few games. But Santana's batting two seventy nine with 11 home runs and 5 steals. He scored 35 runs. Um, so, you know, we talk about Shebler a lot, but Santana is crushing it right now. Do I want to add you? To me, yeah. Oh, I gotta get the old theme song back. People keep asking for it. I, it will, it will be played at some point. Heath, who stood out to you? Uh, let's just talk about me being wrong about Brian McCann again, because it looks like he's heating back up, hit a home run for, uh, his second game in a row, four hits yesterday. And he's not playing as much as I would necessarily like for my catcher to play, but he's, He's been so much better than I thought he was going to be this year. Okay, how crazy is this? Brian McCann, top four catcher rest of season. Four is probably a a spot or two higher than I would go, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure he was going to be a top ten catcher this year. So, yeah, he's he's definitely that. Okay, he's gotten a little less pull happy this year. He he, he went from 50% pull percentage to 43% this year. And I know that was something that he wanted to work on. So he's going up the middle a little bit more, Brian McCann. Would you rather have Brian McCann or Salvador Perez? Salvi. Yep. But you know, you know what's about to happen to Salvador Perez. Like, you know it. It's, it's a fact. Well, it's not going to happen for at least another month. It's already happening. It's not, what do you mean <laughs> it's already happening? He's cold as ice, except like two days ago he had a good game. He's as cold as ice. Yeah, I'm willing to sacrifice, uh, Salvador Perez for some foreigner. Get it? Because Farner sings that song, Cold Zeiss. And um, yeah. I, I, I don't. Um, <laughs> you don't get that? Like, but, so you're, you're willing in a league where you have Salvador Perez to deal him for Brian McCann. I was more willing to make the Farner pun and not really talk fantasy baseball there, but, um. Oh, and stupid Justin Smoke hit two more home runs. Oh yeah. Okay. We should, we gotta play this just in, by the way. Um, okay. Would I trade Salvador Perez for Brian McCann? Roto, yes. Points, no, because I think the plate appearances will will be the difference there. All right, Rick Porcello, real quick. Rick Porcello, four forty six ERA. Sucks. Rick Porbio or Rick Porcello, guys? What do you think? Rick Por never owned him. <laughs> 
Um, I, I, just from the BABIP and how it's so high, I don't know if it's tops in the majors. It's got to be close. I feel like he's a buy, but I also feel like it's unreasonable to expect him to regain Cy Young form this year. So buy with the caveat that his, the person you're buying him from is just frustrated with him and looking to dump him on anyone. Okay. Would you rather have Rick Porcello or Drew Pomeranz? Porcello. Yeah, Porcello. Porcello or Pineda? Probably still Porcello. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's right in the range. It's still, like, my confidence level with Pineda is still pretty shaky. Yeah. All right. And I know a lot of people had questions about Matt Carpenter. He homered yesterday in his previous 23 games. He had a 453 OPS, batted 141 with two home runs. I looked at the, at the batted ball profile, that kind of stuff. I, peripherally, it doesn't seem like there's anything that wrong with Matt Carpenter. He's still, Hitting the ball as hard as he did last year, a little bit more soft contact, but just a bad year so far. A lot of walks, but a two ten batting average. Are you concerned about Matt Carpenter, or do you think he's basically Matt Carpenter? I think this late in the year, it's fair to be concerned. I haven't really moved him down my rankings at all because, you know, I'm, I've seen him slump enough and overcome it uh, that I'm not... Uh, I'm not freaking out yet. And like you said, there's no like major red flags in the bat ball profile. So I still see him as a top 10 player at any of the three position words where he's eligible. Maybe kind of on the fringes at first base, but the other two for sure. And uh, he's a buy for me. I will say the thing that has changed, and it changed last year, but it's gone to more of an extreme this year, is he's up to a 50% fly ball rate. And he's still hitting the crap out of the ball, 42% hard contact rate, so there should be even more home runs coming. But, like, you look at his BABIP and you see 227, and he's a career 323 guy. I don't think with this profile he's a 323 BABIP guy. He may be more of a 250-260 hitter if he's hitting half of his batted balls in the air. But I, I I have to believe he's got some positive power regression coming as well. All right, that's Matt Carpenter we're talking about. You want to get a guy like Matt Carpenter on your team because you need a good roster, and that's basically the same philosophy if you are an employer. You're looking for talent. You're looking for the best talent out there. You want to go to ZipRecruiter, and the URL that we have for you is ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. You can't find the best candidates by posting your job on just one site. You need to get out there. You need to post on all the top job sites, and that's what ZipRecruiter allows you to do. With just one click, get your job posted to 100-plus job sites, and then ZipRecruiter's powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your position. This is what's really different and awesome about ZipRecruiter. Other job sites, you got to go out and you got to find people. ZipRecruiter gets them to you. It finds candidates for you. In fact, over 80% over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls. Just screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. So the offer that we have for you right now, our listeners can start forming their own winning team on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Try it for free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Oh, big-time team name fail from me yesterday. Uh, so I, or two days ago, 
I came up with Sexual Healy, and I sang Ryan Healy's name. In, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got an email from Victor, and he says, you came up with another song? Come on, man. Throw me a raisin over here. I sent you Sexual Healy months ago. And he attached the email, and he did. He, he told me about it, and I, so I guess subconsciously stole it from I you. just kind of always assumed that all of your team name ideas were actually stolen from listeners. <laughs> I don't know that they're all stolen. I think there are many – first of all, there are many originals. I never steal, but there definitely are times when I didn't remember that it had already been – because like, this is not the first time that something like this has happened. Somebody will say a team name. I'll look it over. We get so many of them. And then, oh, two yeah, months yeah, later, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I got this great idea. But it was, you know, already planted. So, I mean, it's kind of like all jokes are shared in this social media age. Like a big event happens and you want to make a joke about it on Twitter – but then you see, you know, 18 people just showing up when you when you search whatever that event is have already made the same joke. And it's like, oh, OK, well, I can't like what what's an original joke is my point. You know, like, what's I, original? I, I think truly up, original. I think mo- most of my bad puns on the podcast are original they're because they're bad. Right. Yeah, exactly. But they're also great. <laughs> I, I made up a joke that was really funny, but I can't tell it on the air because it's very inappropriate. But it was oh, very man. funny. You would have enjoyed it. Now, uh, let's play this Justin. Rank these players. Justin Verlander, Justin Wilson, Justin Upton, Justin Bohr, and <laughs> Justin Smoke. Justin Upton is first. Ahead of Justin Verlander? Yes. Get, what? what did you, what? Just some, just some outfielder who strikes out a ton and runs into a few. Is better than a potential ace? No. Potential. Wait. Everybody's a, a potential ace. Like Justin Verlander is a distant first over all of these hitters. In fact, I don't even think I'd put Justin Upton second. Well, we have Justin wow. Wilson in there too. Let's not sell him short. I needed another Justin. I'm gonna put Justin Upton last. Like outfielders, Justin Upton outfielders last. are so replaceable, and he's just kind of like his down his his flaws. I think uh, in this environment. Are a bigger differentiator than everybody strength. strikes out. Yeah, it's not a big deal anymore. Not like Justin Upton. Yeah, but we know. Mo- yes, we, we we've got Justin Upton right now during his hot streak. You know, like we know what Justin Upton is. He's he's like he's a two fifty ish hitter who may approach thirty homers. Like, yeah, that's not exciting. I think at this environment. So I'm going to go Justin Verlander, uh, then Justin Board. Justin Smoke, Justin Wilson, just Justin Upton. <laughs> yeah, I, I I cannot I cannot put like Justin Bohr might be Justin Upton. Justin Smoke might be Justin Upton. No, they're going to be better than Justin. Upton. So I don't know why we would think that. Bohr looks like a complete stud. First of all, um, <sighs> there's still some question with Smoke. I guess he could just totally fall off. But Bohr's, you know, what he does in terms of walk rate, strikeout rate, hard contact rate. I mean, he has certainly had a very nice Justin Upton-like start to the season. You are overrating Justin Upton. I I agree. We're talking about Justin Bohr like he's not a 29. Like he's about as old as Justin Spoke. Right, but we didn't really know who Justin Bohr was until this year. I I don't know why we didn't know who Justin Bohr was. He's got a thousand career plate appearances. Yeah, but they were never like a full time role. And plus, like it was it was funny. I was I was noting yesterday. That if a, on, on Twitter, if a, if a baseball fan awoke from a seven year coma, 
what he's seeing now from Justin Smoke, Yonder Alonso, and Logan Morrison is exactly what he would have expected. Like what, it's what, for what, some if, reason, like we're getting these delayed breakouts from so many hitters. I don't know how much of it is the fly ball revolution. It doesn't seem like Smoke fits into that. The other two, Alonso and, and Morrison, uh, do to some degree. Uh, well, Alonso certainly. There's been a lot of talk about him and that, but. I don't know. It's it's causing me to question everything I know about when a breakout should happen and what's a re- when's a reasonable time to dismiss a player based on track record. We can't hold on to bad players for 7 years just because yeah. we had this weird blip this year. Yeah, don't 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 well, like no, but don't. I mean historically speaking, it's been more normal. This has been a more normal development pattern. Players don't usually come throughout the course of baseball history and even you know, going back just 20 years or so, a player wasn't typically great right away. It took several years for him to become everything. They yeah, I think like 26, 27 used to be the now you're coming into your prime. Yeah. These guys are like towards the end of their prime. Mm-hmm. Don't They're, change no, their I, whole I philosophy. It's weird, but I'm very happy to have them in the leagues where I have them, you know? So I, I'll go Upton. I'm glad I didn't just dismiss them because I decided uh, – since I had already decided they were bad, they can't possibly be good now. Upton, Verlander, Wilson, Bohr, and Smoke. Okay, honestly, like, you want to argue about the hitters, whatever. The fact that you have, um, Upton over Verlander, Heath, is more newsworthy to me. So explain. We're doing, we're doing, this is Roto, right? Whatever you want. Doesn't matter. Okay. Like, explain your rationale to me when you know how. Because in points, I would rather have, like, Justin Verlander's been pretty bad, right? Yeah. We, he's not and he's not a top twelve starting pitcher. You're having some faith that he's going to regain something to put him in your top twenty. I I, ugh, I just can't imagine that somebody's offering Justin Upton. Justin like somebody goes. To I don't. Justin I don't probably Upton. have any teams where I have Justin. Well, I don't have Justin Justin Verlander, but where I am trading Justin Verlander for Justin Upton, maybe. But I just talking about how valuable they are. Yeah. What about right. versus like Garrett Cole? Would you take Justin Upton or Garrett Cole? I think that's right in the same range. Yeah, I just like to me outfielders are the most dispensable and starting pitchers are the least dispensable and I guess you're not I don't necessarily disagree with that if I have a starting pitcher that I'm I'm really pretty sure is going to be good. All right guys, let's move on. That was a good segment. Now I just need more people who have the same name that I can make similar segments with uh with those guys. Uh, oh, Justin, Justin, yeah. I get it. Uh huh. Thank you. This, this Justin, I I just got it now too. Oh really? It's you didn't, Justin? You didn't get it? No. Yeah. No. Really? Oh, I'm sorry. I failed. I should have explained that better. Uh, we we were ranking Justins there, and you know I think Timberlake to me is probably after Verlander and before the hitters. Wow. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> Justin Timberlake. No, I'd go Verlander, Bohr, Wilson, Timberlake, Smoke, Upton. I think that's what I'd do. Okay, some fun facts from yesterday. Clayton Kershaw has already surpassed last year's walk total. He had 11 last year. He has a 13, 14 this year. Wow. He sucks. Uh, Odubel Herrera, 64% owned, has tied his doubles total from last season. He has nine doubles in June, and Odubel Herrera now leads baseball with 21 two-baggers. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Nine in June. It's June 8th, by the is way. He over, is he over 65% owned again yet? 
He stinks. This is it. Let's do it. You know what? This is what I was thinking the other day. This podcast, we've had a strong year. Like, we've had 10 solid weeks. I'm feeling good about it. What we really haven't had is, like, heated debates. And I feel like that's on me because I'm usually – you guys think very similarly a lot of times. Like, I'm usually the one who gets really animated. And I'll, I'll right. start arguing. Let's do this right now. Odubel Herrera is trash. This is a great hot streak from him. I have zero interest in owning him. I know he stole 25 bases last year, but – He's not on a 25 stolen base pace. Well, he can't year. steal any bases because he's not hitting any singles. Well, he he's got stinks. like 10 extra base hits in a row. He, he doesn't walk. Break. That whole month where he walked last year is gone. He doesn't do that anymore. Right. Like, he no, should agree. not be more than 65% owned. He should be 40% owned. He should be – what – Mr. Delino DeShields Eric Young fetish <laughs> is telling me how bad Odubel Herrera is. I'd rather have Herrera than those guys, but they, they okay. should not be 40% Thank owned. Thank you. Now, I, I don't know why – you have decided that you hate Odubel Herrera. I'm not saying he's a top 20 outfielder, but I would expect he's going to hit pretty close to 290 the rest of the season. I would expect he's going to hit somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 home runs and steal 15 to 20 bases. I I don't know what's to dislike about him. Well, you think going forward he's going to hit 15 to 20 with 15 to 20 or rest or like end of season numbers? I would guess he's going to finish 15 to 20, 15 to 20. All right, well, we're a third of the with way through the season. Average. So Well, he won't finish with a 290 average. It'll probably be 280. Yeah, I don't know. He just he just doesn't stand out. And he's like a rich man's Kevin Kiermeyer. No, I honestly, in an in an outfield environment where Justin Upton is so easily dismissed, it, like I have a hard you're time. You're the only one dismissing <laughs> Justin Upton. No, you're the only one not dismissing. Wait, 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 wait. I, I wouldn't say dismiss Justin Upton. I just don't think he's, he's not Justin Verlander in terms of value. I'm like, but he's, he's my 37th outfielder and I'm not so sure he's really better than like my 45th outfielder, Justin Upton. So that's, that's pretty replaceable. What's Odubel Herrera? Um, I'm gonna move him up a little, but right now he's 59th. So in five outfielder league, I mean, certainly he needs to be owned, but he's not really an impact player. I don't think. I just don't think the kind of totals you were mentioning. It'd be great if he could help in batting average, but that would only that would be strictly a roto roto help because he's so bad at getting on base apart from batting average. Um, like he's a he's a career 340 350 on base guy. That's not bad. But it's not when you're not like a power hitter. It's not enough to really move the needle in points leagues. Yeah, no, look, was I, he a top thirty outfielder last year? Uh, yeah, With a I, lot of walks early in the year. Right, that's the thing. I, I think after that first month, he probably wasn't. And like, uh, yeah, he should be owned in five outfielder leagues for sure. I just I'm looking for standouts right now. If there's any flexibility at outfield where I can pick up and drop someone like Odubel Herrera or like Domingo Santana or like Scott Shebler, I'm looking for standouts. And yeah, right now he's hot as hell. He's got nine doubles and five games in June or something. I think it's five games. Uh, but he's not a standout to me. And that's why I don't think you have to own Odubel Herrera, uh, unless it's a five outfield league. Okay. Uh, but I understand where you're coming from, Heath. Thank you for a nice argument. Andrew McCutcheon, here's a, here's a fun fact. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon has equaled his steals total from last year. He now has six in seven attempts. That's encouraging. And oh boy. It, yeah. Would you rather last, have Andrew McCutcheon or Odubel Herrera? His, uh, neither. His last 12 games, McCutcheon's batting 372 with three home runs. He's been tearing it up. He's got an 1100 OPS. In 12 games, I would rather have McCutcheon. But mm-hmm. uh, the question for me would be, would I rather have McCutcheon or Polanco? And I'm probably the only person on earth that's going to say Polanco. 
No, I'm sure that there's other people. He's got family members and, and <laughs> things like that. Uh, no, this is, we expected McCutcheon to have a hot streak like this. He's had some terrible batted ball luck and he's still got more positive regression coming. It seems like sitting him down has helped for the second straight year. Last year they sat, uh, McCutcheon for an entire series at Atlanta at the beginning of August and the rest of the season he batted 284 with a 381 on base. 471 slugging percentage, nine home runs and three steals in two months. Uh, that's fine. That's much better in an OBP or a points league. Uh, so he got a little bit of a breather earlier, like like two weeks ago, and he's been great since then. Um, you know, fun fact: Bryce Harper, kind of, kind of repeating last year, got off to an amazing start, even better this year. But Harper, his last 19 games, he's batting 155 with six walks, four intentional walks. And uh, 20 strikeouts. Any concerns that Harper is going to do what he did last year and fooled you, us? <laughs> no. Okay. All right. I just wanted to ask. <laughs> I'm trying to conjure some, but I'm I'm having difficulty. Okay. Like the only the only concern would be like emotional scarring. Like, I am emotionally scarred from last year's Bryce Harper experience, so I'm naturally afraid it's going to happen again. But there's not, like, a you know a good, uh, more objective reason than that. All righty. Double dongs. Jay Bruce and Trey Mancini. And Trey Mancini, 24% owned. He's got a tremendous uh, slash line. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on Bruce or Mancini? I would like to see Mancini play more. He starts about 60% of the time now. He actually didn't start this game yeah. and hit two home runs. I believe he hit a game a game tying and a game winning home run. Y- yes, sir. Uh, I think he that's did. right. He's he's the reason we're talking about Tony Watson today. Um <laughs> but at the same time, if he did play every day, would he be more than like a five outfielder league guy? The play discipline's pretty bad. The BABIP is crazy high. Um like no, I I I think the the upside is a, is still a pretty pretty far down the outfield rankings for for Mancini. Okay, uh, who's who is the other one? Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce is fine. He's like he's Justin like Upton, Upton but mm-hmm. not quite as streaky. Mm-hmm. Like and he's eligible for first base, which helps a little. Yes. But I could take him or leave him. Forty-two first baseman. Jay Bruce or Justin Smoke. I Bruce. would say Bruce, but it's close. All right. Pitchers from yesterday. So these guys are, like, sort of available. Zach Wheeler, Jimmy Nelson. They're 79% and 77% owned. Do you think they should be more like 90% owned, Zach Wheeler and Jimmy Nelson? Yeah, I think people have over-analyzed or over-worried about the Zach Wheeler getting shut down thing. Like, are you going to leave him on the waiver wire while he continues to perform because you're not going to be able to use him later? Use him now! Well, the Mets pretty much walked back that, the, the shutdown thing too. Yeah, you don't think they're going to shut him down at all now? Uh, I, probably depends on how they're doing, uh, the way they've gone so far. They probably will pull back on the innings, but I think they were like talking about a 125 inning limit early in the year and they've completely, like, said no, that's not well, happening. Well, I mean, they've seen. <laughs> The, the evidence that they don't really have to be careful with pitchers. Yeah, exactly. We can trust them to make the right decisions. Jimmy Nelson, uh, you know, this was a, he said he didn't have his good stuff and he battled and he struck out six giants, gave up three runs in six innings. So 
77. Look, there's no way I'd let him be unowned in one of my leagues. That's all I'm going to say. But then again, I don't yeah. play in any 10-team leagues. So I mean, the peaks have been higher for Nelson. And I'd, I would rather own Nelson than Wheeler. Wheeler's pitched well, but... You know, high, kind of, kind of well in a Gio Gonzalez kind of way where there's a high whip and he's succeeding largely because of, um, being a big ground ball pitcher. He's, he's just, he's, I don't know, even when he, he's kind of boring, which is not what you were hoping for coming back, you know, after waiting all this time, him having the big fastball and everything, you want a big strikeout totals and he's not giving you those. He's fine, but I'd rather have Nelson. All right. You were talking about Wheeler being kind of boring. Uh, yep. Kyle Freeland is 56% owned. Mike Fultonevich is 57% owned. Who would you rather own, Freeland or Fulty? Fulty. Yeah. Yeah, another good start for Fulty, but still not a lot of swings and misses. 98-miles-per-hour fastball. 98-mile-per-hour fastball, and he's not getting... Straight as a string. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know. I'm still skeptical of the success, but... I'd rather own him than Freeland. Are you worried at all about Matt Bush? Should Matt Bush owners be uh, looking for a contingency plan? He's, I think, three bad outings in a row now. Yeah, Matt Bush. Um, yeah, I'm a little concerned. It's not like there's somebody beating out the door to take the job away from him. But um, it's been it's been kind of shaky. He hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities, which may contribute to the struggles. Right. Kind of some spotty work. Yeah. Like Wednesday, Matt Bush struggled. He hadn't pitched in five or six days, but yeah. he struggled again yesterday. In and out. I'd still such. rather have him than like Justin Wilson. Probably rather have him than Brad Brock at this point because Britain's getting closer to returning. Alrighty. Well, we're going to talk about today's matchups after we do some raising the roof. You don't think raisins go well with Mexican food? Well, why don't you listen to our listeners? From uh, Atha M. Johnson the third, My Mexican mother-in-law puts raisins in her tamales. They taste great. Hashtag don't knock it till you try it. From Zach, just a heads up. They put golden raisins in a lot of chili relleno. An amazing Mexican dish recipes. Booyah! From, <laughs> from Whitney, add raisins to your guacamole. Amazing. Then top on any Mexican dish. From Jason... Raisins, tacos, breakfast. Make it all the time. Debate over. From you, Bella, check yourself. <laughs> uh, thank you for raisin awareness. You're welcome. You better, you better check yourself. Uh, from Jason. Jason Eldred says, raisin team names Friday. I'm fine with it. You want to give me a raisin team name? I'm down. Uh, let's see. Oh, this one's more serious though. I forgot to put this guy's name, but he makes a good point. Really enjoyed the raisin discussion on Wednesday. I was a fan of raisins till the other day when I dropped the raisin and my dog ate it. I had to have the dog vomit the raisin. Raisins are good but are not worth that. Really love the show. Raisins are bad for dogs, I guess? I guess so. I've always heard grapes were, so it would stand to reason that raisins are too, I guess. Yeah, so dog owners, no raisins. And Johnny Wilco says, I got yogurt raisins yesterday because of your podcast today. Heath, how do you feel about yogurt raisins? Uh, uh, what a lame answer. Yeah, I, I, I just not, I don't have any hot take on raisins other than meh. Uh, you know, like your thought about raisins, you've named several players and called them raisins. Odubel Herrera is a, is a Heath raisin. He's 25 years old. He's a grape. <laughs> <laughs> so raisin just means 
old, old. dried up. Justin Verlander's a raisin now. <laughs> Justin Upton's a raisin. He may be a little bit of a raisin. He's, He's only 29. A little, Justin little pruning happening there. He's awfully hot right now, though. He is. <laughs> And, uh, Just Zeus says, I have, I've had beef empanadas with raisins, was hesitant at first, but was totally delish. Each bite had an explosion of flavor, of flavor. Hashtag raisins for life. Alright, real quick, Heath. What a terrible shot by Kyrie Irving. Like, after Durant hits that three to take the lead. Yep. Go to the rim. You've been going to the rim all game with success or give it up or something. That was a terrible shot. So disappointing. It, it was an awful shot. I, I don't, it's strange to me that the first mention of that game is this terrible thing. I don't know why you can't ever just say good things about basketball. It was a tremendous game. I really was rooting for the Cavs. I wanted them to win so badly. Not it, I, because I, for all of us, we all want a great series. I was just so let down by the uh, by the outcome. I I was not let down. I did greatly enjoy the game, and I guess the difference and the thing that I'm starting to realize. First off, it's really weird how we have these arguments of. The Warriors are ruining basketball because they're too good, but the Warriors are not as good as any of the teams in the 80s and 90s. No, I, I disagree that, with those that. Those two things are hard to put together. So dumb. Like, um, they clearly are. Yeah. They're, I like greatness. Like, Remember all of last year or the first half of last year when I was cheering for the Braves to lose 130 games? I, I like seeing records broken and seeing the best or worst we've ever seen. So I've enjoyed watching the best basketball team ever. All right. I, I get that. Like, I've enjoyed it too. They are amazing to watch. But I still, at the end of the day, I want close competitive games. Now, if we had three games that, that were as good as game three, okay, fine. But they're 15-0 and in the playoffs. and That's amazing. It is amazing. That's But that doesn't make it a good product. Like, it's it's great to watch. It's great. It better not happen again. Because if it happens— Let me— Yeah, go ahead. Let me ask you this. It's, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't really follow basketball, but I do follow football. And the, one of the most fun football seasons I can remember that wasn't, you know, my own team, the Falcons, one of the, the, the teams I most enjoyed following was the 99 Rams, who blew everybody out. But it was just so much fun to watch. It was it was a kind of offense we had never seen before. Everybody on the field was just so fast, and Kurt Warner came out of nowhere. Like great storylines too, and they they blew everybody out. But it was so entertaining to me. Like there's no entertainment value in that. Oh, no, there's lots of entertainment there is. Value it's I'm not saying that I don't enjoy watching the Warriors. I do. I just. Wish it were a little more competitive. The thing is, I always wanted it to be Cavs Warriors. I, that, I'm not complaining about Cavs Warriors. What I don't like about the NBA is that we knew from before the season started, we knew it was going to be Cavs Warriors, and it wasn't even yeah. close. It wasn't even competitive. Right. That that's what I, bothered. I don't like that. I understand that. Like, yeah. what was even the point of having the regular season? Or the know? playoffs, for that matter. <laughs> or, yeah. Right. But NBA playoffs are ridiculously long, ridiculously yeah. long, and they're the most predictable playoffs by far. So why do they? Need need to be so long i hear you on that okay that's all i'm saying and boy you say anything bad about the nba on twitter and people just free don't watch it then all right so i was probably during the second quarter of that game i'm sure i was the only person watching brewers giants other than brewers and giants fans uh let's look at today's matchups we'll end the show here we got mike leak and scott feldman start leak sit feldman I would yeah. start Leak and Sid Feldman, yes. Jose Ramirez, Michael Fulmer, or no, J.C. Ramirez, Michael Fulmer. Would you start J.C. Ramirez? No. No. Johnny Cueto and uh Paolo Espino. 
Cueto, yes. Espino, no. Espino. Clayton, oh, here's an interesting one. Clayton Richard at Patrick Corbin. Corbin has had two good starts against the Padres. Would yep. you start? No? Start him. Yes? No. Start him. No, yes. I, I never want to start Patrick Corbin again. Okay. Start him. Okay. He's yep. out of my top 100 starting pitchers. What? Yep. Ooh. Oh, Matt Harvey's going to come around any day now. <laughs> Alec Asher and Joe Ross, would you start either of these guys? Orioles at Nationals. No. All right. Volquez at Garrett Cole. Would you start these guys? Volquez at Cole. Start Cole. And and I would say don't start Volquez. No. Price and Pineda, start them both. Yep. Der- Price is pitching today? Yep. I guess they're skipping someone? Yeah. They went four man. I guess they had a day off. Yeah, they were able to with uh, Erod going down. You guys know how bad David Price does against the Yankees, right? Nope, it's pretty bad. But I'd start him. I'm sure you know. Look it up. I'd be interested to know the numbers. Look it up, Heath. Derek Holland at Jake Odorizzi. Would you start these guys, Holland at Odorizzi? Uh, I would start Odorizzi. Yep. Um, probably not Holland after the start he just had. Uh, I don't know. I don't think left-handers, the, the, Ra- the Rays don't do very well against left-handers, do they? Well, Dickerson I know has been good. Eh, I'd rather not chance it with Holland. So let's not do him. Phillies at Braves. We have Ben, not as good looking as Blake Lively at R.A. Dickey. Would you start Ben, not as good looking as Blake Lively? Nope. <laughs> Blake Lively is very attractive. Tyler Chatwood okay. at John Lester. Are we starting Chatwood? We're going to start Lester. Are we starting Chatwood? Not really. Not really or not at all? Not really. <laughs> okay. Like uh, these are always a little bit questionable because at this point in the week, do I have a 5 ERA and I'm tr- chasing in Ks and wins? Do I have a 2 yeah. ERA and I don't have to worry about it? So they're all on a sliding scale, so he's not really – all right. Okay. Lance McCullers and Jason Hamill. We'll start McCullers. We'll start or sit Hamill. I'm probably sitting Hamill, but I'd rather start him than Chetwood. Kyle Gibson, Christian Bergman. Sit yeah. Gibson. Not a chance. All right. No do we, way. Do we have David Price's career numbers against the Yankees? I looked them up, yes. He has a four in, in 36 appearances, 35 of them starts. It is the team, actually, that he has faced more than any other. And he has a 4.55 ERA, 1.36 WHIP, 7.7 Ks per nine. Hey, look at that! His Ks per nine went down, even though he was facing a lot more batters. <laughs> funny how that. Funny how all the league leaders in K per nine aren't terrible pitchers. Uh, I think it's more of a small sample size thing when Chris says that. But I will let Chris tell you about that when he comes back next week. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Long show today. Uh, We appreciate it. For Scott White and Heath Cummings, I'm Adam Azer. See you later. See ya.